Matt Stepp, we are beginning this recording at 8.45 p.m. on Monday. What will be very different about this podcast? Everything. Tap and Step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. We love you very much. And this, you may, unless you're, maybe if you're somebody who's like a real sicko and you listen to this thing as soon as it drops, maybe you noticed. But like, until we tell you this, you're not going to notice. But this is Tep and Step After Dark. Oh, yeah, baby. It's going to get real weird up in here. It's going to get. Yeah, we are recording late night. It's actually where I'm at because now this is we've I've I've done Tep and Step in Texas, obviously. Mm -hmm. I've done it in Canada. Mm -hmm. We tried in Jamaica. We we tried Jamaica, but you told me to go back to the beach. Yes. Um, Remember that one time I recorded in Fort Wayne, Indiana? You did record in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. Did record in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, today I am in Jacksonville, Florida. So we are are taking this thing nationwide. Yeah, we're we're taking this thing nationwide. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm here in Jacksonville on a on a president business trip. So big boy job trip. Uh, So and you had like uh, and then we like ran into an issue where like travel made it where you were not going to get to your hotel until uh, late and or not late, but to a point where it was going to interfere with uh, families, things that I had going on. And so they were like, what if we just did it late at night? And so uh, Step and I are turbo drunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're so drunk. Monday. Yeah, there's a chance I'm going to start taking my clothes off here in a little while. It's (laughs) it's going to get real weird. So this is your guys. No, I was going to say it's it's 9:45 here in Jacksonville right now. So it's it's getting we're getting turned. Let's get weird. Uh, This is your week five preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Coming up here in just a moment, a week four recap and a week five. game draft including in the week for for, uh, recap why we have so many friends in corpus christi at the moment uh we'll get into that but first matthew we will start as we always do with your texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by country mates did you fly de carnes did you did you fly for country meats did you fly uh, Meat Force One down to Jacksonville? I, I can neither confirm nor deny that I was on the Country Meats jet. Um, let's just leave that to uh, the imagination. Thanks to our friends at Country Meats for being the official sponsor of the show. They're avid football fans like us and know that equipment isn't cheap. That's why they make fundraising easy and accessible to anyone from peewee teams to high school varsity. Head on over to countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's promo code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. Matt Step is in the cradle of country meats right now. They're in beautiful Florida. That's right. That's right. I, I plan on taking the country meats uh, historical tour later on this week. <laughs> go to the go to the, got the historical markers. <laughs> like here's where Mister Meats crafted the first yes. country meat. Yes, taking pictures with it. Can't wait to meet <laughs> Mister Meat. 
This is uh, your Texas High School Wall Fun Fact of the Week, Matthew. Uh, we must acknowledge that there was some history made on Friday uh, when Smithson Valley defeated mm-hmm. San Antonio mm-hmm. Wagner. Uh, big win for, for Smithson Valley. Uh, important yes. win in District 12. Big district win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But perhaps even more historic is that it was win number 300 for Larry Hill. Larry Hill becomes the 15th member of the 300 win club at the UIL 11 man uh, uh, in the UIL 11 man. Congratulations to him. Um, Matt Stab, who is the next active coach on the wins list? Who is, if you were, if they were to all win at the same rate, who would yeah, be yeah, the yeah. next to join the 300 win club? Oh gosh. This is a really good question. I really wish I could research it right now, but I'm trying to be honest about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a man of principle and character. Um, it's got to be a guy who's been around for a long time. There's really uh, only one. I'll tell you this. There's really only one guy who is within like shouting distance, active guy, and he right. cannot get there this year. Might be. He seems a little young for this, but he's won a lot of games. He's been coaching for a while now. How close is Jason Herring to that number? Jason Herring is the answer. Boom. Let's go. <laughs> Jason Herring. FG. Uh, Jason Herring is sitting at uh, 284 wins. Uh, which uh, the next win he will tie Hugh Sandifer um for I guess that's 16, 17, 18th all time. He's already passed Dan Ray hooks. Uh, but yeah, he is right now 19th all time. And he is, uh, I, I don't see him retiring anytime soon. <laughs> he seems... no, he's pretty young for that. Yeah. I, 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 I would, I would almost guarantee, like I will make this guarantee. He will hit 300 next football season. Yeah, because like if they've got three this year and Refurio's the number two team in the state right now, we right now you would right now if you just went on our our rankings, our state rankings, we project them to go to the state semifinals. Right. So let's just say that that would be an equivalent. That would be another 10 wins, you know. So then so then he's he's sitting there at 294 heading into next year and six wins feels like feels pretty doable for Refurio. Going out on a real limb there, Tepper. Uh, yeah, boy, yeah. Winslow. Yeah, I'm I'd, proud of myself. Man, let's go. Really good. Let me see. Hold on. When's the last time? Uh, Jason and I really Herring, didn't cheat. Uh, I I trust you. Jason Herring has not won six fewer than six games in a season since 2002 Sonora. So I think yeah, that, about uh, since he was at Sonora. <laughs> I would say that if he play if they play to their paper just to their paper this year, yeah. uh, and and the next year's a lock. Forget he won he won a state championship at Sonora. Mm-hmm. Like he won a lot of football games prior to Refurio too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's at sitting at two eighty four right now. Is Jason Herring? He and he is the answer to today's Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Do you know where he started? What his first head coaching job was? No, I mean I know Sonora and then Refurio, but I don't know where he was before that. He was the head coach at Wall. Oh, okay. For for he two years, ninety six, ninety seven. He must be a San Angelo guy. I need to ask him about that. He must be an Angelo State. Yeah. He must be from that that you know, that drive. Concho, he must be a Concho Valley guy. Yeah. I need to ask him about. Let me ask him about Henry's chicken fried steak or something yeah. one day. Anyway, congratulations to Larry Hill, the newest member of the three hundred club. Uh, well earned. That is a that is a that is a length. That's a lot of wins. 
It's a lot it of is. wins there at, at Smithson Valley, and, and consistency has been the name of the game there for the Rangers. So congratulations to him, your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. All right, Matthew, it's time for uh, our Week 4 Recap Edition uh, here. We're going to take a look at what we uh, – at last week. Um, and, uh, you know, overall, I mentioned this on TFT before we kind of go through the games we drafted last week. I mentioned this on TFT that I thought that this was a real – a, a, a week where obviously a lot of buys in the, in the big school ranks, but for a lot of the small schools, we finally got, I think a really like firm, good data point on those teams like Gunner, Mart, um, uh, Newton, all spring to mind as teams that like, Oh, now we have a decent idea of exactly who you are. For sure. Yeah. It was, it was a, a, a like I said, it wasn't the best week of football because it wasn't a ton of marquee games, but, I think we learned a lot about a lot a lot of these teams that we had questions about. So um, I, th- I think it was a good week just to just to figure some things out and kind of get mm-hmm. those measuring sticks uh, on those some of those smaller school teams. You know, it was a relatively quiet week at the large school level because of all the buys and that kind of thing. But I, I agree. I think I think those teams that you mentioned, we we've got some great data points to kind of take us through the rest of the season at this point. So the games we drafted last week, we took Anna and Salina. That uh, that was the game pick. of the night. I was, <laughs> and I was there. I, I was in the house for that game. Uh, I know uh, Mike Leslie and WFA had a broadcast of the game. I was live tweeting the game, and I thought it was one of those games. There's certain games where my tweets really, I can tell people are into my tweets and really mm-hmm. into it. And that was one of those games. It was, it was a barn burner. I mean, I mean, yeah. Anna. <clears throat> I think if you're Anna, you feel like you let one slip away. I think for Salina. And this felt like a vintage Salina performance from Salina's mm-hmm. glory days. Because like when Salina sent that game to overtime, I turned to the Salina school board member that was sitting next to me because I was not in the media area. It was packed. And I said, Salina's winning this game. So this this has the feel of a Salina mm-hmm. game from 10, 15 years ago where you just they were they were gonna find a way to win. They did. And that I think that just makes the region two race in 4A Division One that much more interesting. Because Salina has established themselves as a contender in a loaded region. And I think Anna, if you're Anna, you walk away, you're, you're disappointed with the loss. But, you know, at that point in overtime, it's really a crapshoot. And I think mm-hmm. Anna can come back and say, you know what? We're playing a sophomore quarterback. It was his third varsity start against Salina. And we were without our, we were without our stud receiver mm-hmm. and Jacob Emmers, you know, their four-star prospect at receiver. He hasn't played yet this year. So I think Anna can walk away saying, no, if we have our guy, our sophomore quarterbacks can get some more reps. We see him again in the playoffs. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to take him out on a neutral I, field. I thought, and I don't, I don't mean this as critical as it's going to sound. I thought Anna looked like a young team in the second half. That like when oh, it got yeah. when it got to like lemon booty time, like they, I, I thought that they looked like a young team, a team with a lot lost, of young pieces. They lost some composure there for about yeah. 10 minutes in the second half. They lost their composure. But credit to them. They got it back in the fourth quarter yeah. and, had, and had control of the game. Absolutely. They had Salina, Salina on their own 20 with minute and a half left and no timeouts. And Salina mm-hmm. hits a 71-yard touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Anna had a chance to win that game. So I think uh, credit to Anna for getting control back. But for about 10 minutes there, mm-hmm. they looked they, they, they kind of spiraled yeah. a little bit. Um, we mentioned this Smithson Valley and San Antonio Wagner, um, a, a real retrenching game for, for, for Smithson Valley. Um, and I thought again, 
I think that was for for Larry Hill to get a 300th win. 24 to 7 is about as Larry against a team in Wagner who's like like can run it up on you if you let them. That's about as Larry Hill as it gets. Vin, vintage Smithson Valley performance yeah. there. That that was that's Smithson Valley's won a ton of games just like that during Larry Hill's tenure. And it's it's it'd have been weird if they'd have won like a 45-41 game. Do you think this was 24-7 might be if you had like if I had to guess, I would bet that Larry Hill has won more games 24-7 than any of their score line. That feels exactly like 24-7. Yeah. 21-10. That's a Smithson Valley game right there. Uh, Albany and Holly. I am of two minds here. One, very impressed with Albany. I think they're the real deal. And I think that like, I think Chip Chambers, that quarterback, um, I think he might have that dog in him. Um, Great name too. Great great name. name. Their defense was was flexed and it was it was very strong. I'm not worried yet about the Holly offense, but I'm preparing myself to worry about the Holly offense. Yeah, I've got some concerns. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's pretty evident now through four games that Holly is is and the, they weren't going to be what they were last year. That mm-hmm. bar was so high. But I think I think after four games, I think the we could start to say Holly is not the prohibitive favorite in Region no. One to a Division One anymore. Yeah, Are they still think... among the favorites? Yes, but it's a it's a lot more wide open race now. Yeah, I think that that was. I think that there's a couple people they really miss. I think that I think Austin Compton. I think they really miss Austin Compton. No, this is no shot at anybody who's there. I just think they miss Austin Compton. I think they miss that Hez Parker a lot. Yeah, he was really disruptive on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I think, you know, like they're they're working in Keegan Abel's, and he made a couple plays in this one, but I think that the steady hand uh, of Rody Hooper there at quarterback. Rody Hooper had started like yeah. 45 games, you know, mm-hmm. by the time he was done. Keegan Abels is a sophomore. And sophomore, young, he's young, yeah. I mean, he's, he's an underclassman for sure. So you're, yeah. you're you're plugging in a guy who is inexperienced at quarterback, who's got huge expectations because of what Hall mm-hmm. has done, and, and he doesn't have 200-pound running back who can run to hand the ball off to and take pressure off of him. And they, and they also, and I mean, again, to also be clear, Give a lot of credit to Albany too, because it's a good defense that I think made them uncomfortable all night. So um impressive from Albany. We took uh we took Bernie and Gregory Portland. I went on national television, theoretically. Uh <laughs> I went on national television and I stared into the camera and said, I could not have read this game more wrong than yeah. I did. I not mean, so much that Bernie won the game. I mean, at home, you know, I can mm-hmm. see Bernie pulling pulling it out a little bit with but you know, even with the freshman quarterback. But they bodied Gregory Portland. Let me tell you, dude, that like it's so funny. Like, go I, I bet go back and listen to last week's Tep and Step, and our preview is gonna be the feel-good comedy of the year. Because all we're talking about is like, man, they're gonna have to pound the ball at TJ Dement, like they're not gonna let Hank Hendricks throw. And then Hank Hendricks throws for like three hundred yards and four touchdowns, yeah. and he's just Jay like Hendricks, dropping dimes. Yeah, we had a couple of those last week, you know. <laughs> we had a couple of those kind of games last week. That's okay. Um I don't know if this is more of credit to Bernie or at least a pretty big red flag for Gregory Portland, mm-hmm. a team that we kind of thought had a chance to 
mm-hmm. be a contender in Region Four. Um, well, I, I don't know what to make of Region Four. Bingo, Region Two right now. I don't because what did Liberty Hill throw? I mean, we didn't talk about that game, but because I thought Liberty Hill was just going to roll Rouse. Yeah. And yeah, that didn't happen. So no, I I like it's funny. Like like I have I have some pretty severe concerns about Gregory Portland now, but like they might still be the favorite. Like who's yeah, who's gonna win who's, that region? Who sees that region? Nobody. Yeah, exactly right. Um, we took Longview or no no yeah uh we yeah we took Longview and Lufkin. Mm. Um, uh, we were kind of right on that game. We thought Longview would win. Didn't have forty two to nothing on my bingo card. No. Uh, I'll tell you, dude. Let me just tell you all that. And you mentioned this the last week on the podcast. If Andrew Tut's going to start doing that, y'all better, y'all better worry in 5AD1. That Longview defense. I mean, we talked about Taylor Tatum in that running game. Longview held Keedron Young, a four-star Notre Dame commit, to 64 yards on 22 carries. Jeez. Just... That's a really, really good Longview defense. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. Um, speaking of impressive, Conroe and Willis. I am in on Willis. I'm in. We we are early adopters of, of DJ Lagway Hive. Uh, Willis was in. A, Willis was into our state rankings a couple of weeks ago. I think this this is their third week. Yeah, I think so. State rankings. And we're we're looking pretty strong with that right now. They they're they're up to number nineteen. Man, that's that's not a bad Conroe team, and they no. just demolished them. And and I mentioned this. I, I know I've said this before, but like, D, having DJ Lagway is is obviously a fun party trick. Like I recommend teams having DJ Lagway if you have the means. Also, that whole team is loaded. That Their whole skill team's... talent is scary and, good. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm not saying they're going to beat DeSoto, but Region 2 between Pflugerville Weiss and Willis, who will both go to the Division 2 bracket, uh, which, by the way, we, we talked about it. Cedar, Walks Hedgie did beat Cedar Hill, so DeSoto to D1 is basically dead, barring something crazy. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you, Willis and... Pflugerville Weiss can both give DeSoto some trouble. And they didn't especially have DeSoto, especially if DeSoto doesn't play up to their paper, which after playing up to their paper against South Oak Cliff last week, they kind of play with their food a little bit against Skyline, you know, and Skyline's better, but not great. And they kind of j- jacked around with Skyline a little bit. And, and you know, so. And, and the injuries are mounting for DeSoto too. The injuries are mounting. So. Watch this space. I'm not again. Desoto's the favorite. That's not. That's not up for debate. But yeah. Uh, speaking of a misread, um, I had uh, we took uh, uh, Sybil of Steel and, and Midland Legacy, and we clipped the we clipped the whole thing. The the spot of me saying that I thought Mid Legacy was going to go to Sybil of Steel and win. So uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say oops on that one. It happens. It happens. Credit to Steel. Steel since Man. that Lake Travis loss has been a different team. They have been. I think they yeah. woke up. And Ish Ishmael Johnson was there at that game, and 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 you know, first off, always read Ish and always mm-hmm. trust Ish. Uh, he was uh, again. Steele's defensive backs were were outstanding against a really good legacy offense. A lot of legacies uh, late touchdown, you know, touchdowns late were mm-hmm. in, in kind of garbage time, that kind of thing. So Steele, they're they're still the, the late Travis loss still is a red flag, but they've. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've eliminated some some concerns the last couple of weeks with really impressive performances. 
We took Brock at Gunter, Matthew. Ooh. Yeah. I, this was my miss because I took Brock to win this mm-hmm. game. And not only did Brock not win the game, uh, but Gunner, I, I looked up and Gunner is 10 miles up the road from, from Salina where I was at uh-huh. on Friday night. And so I was talking to a Salina guy and we, he was a guy was like, hey, what's the score of the Brock Gunner game? And I'm 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 pulling it up, you know, to look at the score, you know, on this on this cool app, Friday night football app. I don't know, so, you know. Mm. And I'm pulling Just it up. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it's a one score game either way. And I'm like, whoa, it's twenty one nothing, Gunner. Yeah. And I'm like, gee, and, and and it was never close. Like no. Brock never. I think Brock got it to 21 to six or 21 to seven. And then Gunner just turned around and scored the next drive. It was never in doubt. Gunner held them at arm's length the entire second half. It was never close. 35, 12 is honestly not indicative of how dominant this performance was. Gunner, Gunner, Gunner dominated this game from stem to stern. And we said on this, we said on this podcast that if they outclassed Brock, that we did have a new number one in three, a division two. We'll check the rankings. <laughs> and that's not a shot. Canadians done no. nothing. Nothing to lose the ranking. Gunner just did something really awesome, and you have to give them credit for that. And um, Can- I, I, I think we're we're I think we're headed towards Con- Gunner Canadian oh, part million six. You know, it's, it's it's we're we're headed towards it again. You know, these are clearly, in my opinion, the best two teams in three A Division two. And here's I'm not an- sure it's close. Here's another classic Matt Step and Greg Tepper miss. Uh, Comanche and Toller. Huh. <laughs> so both of us missed that yeah both of us missed that <laughs> and i got i we we uh we got a text from jeremy mullins the head coach at, at toller uh who uh who, who sent us a photo Two-way coach of the week this week by the way coach of the week um who sent us yes. a photo of me like the screenshot of the picks where i picked comanche over toller and a and a, a screenshot of your article where you picked comanche yeah. over toller uh-huh. and it was uh-huh. literal bulletin board material it literally was which i i responded to coach mullins and said hey can't get them all right thanks for reading i got yeah. you can't you can't do anything but for take sure. your cap you, you say hey first off thank you for reading and watching yes. coach mullins and listening we appreciate you um or whoever on toller staff yeah. put that we appreciate you uh, thank you. Uh, and we were wrong. Hey, and we oh got it God. wrong. And, and credit, it, it's, it's, and I think Coach Escobar from Comanche would say the same thing. Uh, I think he said it in, in his interview with uh, Evan Wren from Big Country Preps. They just kicked our butts. They, they just mm-hmm. beat us and exposed exposed us. And all credit goes to Toller. That was a huge win for Toller without Peyton Brown. Yeah. That's even, be- that, that's, that's even bigger, in my opinion, to do that without Peyton Brown. Toller is, in my opinion, I, I kind of crossed him off the contender list in two A Division One. Nope, put him back. Put him back on. That, oh man, yeah. I mean, that's like a thing. that. Yeah. yeah, and and I, I like. I will just tell you guys, like it's it's in my mind when we were talking through the two A rankings, two eighty one. To me, Timpson and Refurio are in a different tier than I think everyone else in the in, in Division One. Like I think those two teams are the elite, and then there's like. A gap, we can talk about how wide that gap is, but like there is a gap. And then I think Toller's the best of that next tier, like the best of the Toler, like, challengers. Yeah, I think you've got Toller, you got Sonora, you mm-hmm. got Holly. Sonora's rolling, but, dude. Yeah, you've got Beckville. Yep. You know, it, you know, and and that's probably about it right now. Yeah. But yeah, so mm-hmm. you know, I think Toller's in that mix. Finally, uh, we took China Spring. And Waco Connolly and uh, China Spring, a uh, little bit of championship medal there from the Cougars. 
this one kind of went as expected. I'm, you know, Wake O'Connelly gets in these games, and you're like, man, they're so talented. They've got all these big names. This is the this is going to be their breakthrough, and they just don't break through. And I just it's it's a pattern they've had for the past five or six years, and they they they'll beat up on the teams they should beat up, and they get up against these bigger teams that that are elite, and and doesn't go their way. And you know, I, I think it's just kind of we kind of mm-hmm. we call, we kind of called this one as as it happened. That score, China. That's Conley. I think ended up scoring forty one points in that game, but yeah. I mean, that was a lot. A lot because of that was late. Little little window dressing. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, the other thing we should acknowledge, uh, let's talk about weather. Uh, and yeah, let's the last about- couple of weeks, we've had some some weather issues. Uh, two weeks ago in the Metroplex, in north, north and east Texas, and last week, Corpus Christi area. And we're extremely popular right now on the coastal bend. Um, That's the word. Be- because um, if you didn't know, uh, Quero and Corpus Christi Cal Allen played last week in non-district play. Um, the game went to halftime at 22-14, something like that. Correct. 22-14 Quero. 22-14 Quero on top of Cal Allen. Go to halftime. They never come back. Uh, weather, Big weather rolls through, lightning delays, and as everybody knows, it's 30 minutes between strikes, and I think it got to a point of like 11.30 or midnight, and they're like, all right, this, and it didn't look like it was going to let up, and so they decided, well, we're just not going to finish this game. It's a non-district game. We don't have to finish this game. It's okay. Now comes the 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 crux of why we're talking about this because Quero claims a win. Correct. Cal Allen claims a no contest. The coaches do not agree on this. Uh, the coaches, the coaching staffs do not agree on how this game should be settled. That is where we come in because we ultimately, we are forced to make a judgment call. Like we can't call it a tie because it wasn't a tie. Uh, so we have to make a decision as to whether or not it is a win for Quero or a no contest. Our policy at Dave Campbell's Texas football is that if the game gets to halftime, well, let me back up. Our policy in non-district games and really in all games is whatever the coaches agree to, we'll We'll set. We'll take that. If if Matt Step High beats, well, uh, be, uh, ends the game and it's sixty three to nothing over Tepper High, but both teams come together and say, actually, Tepper High should get the win. Okay, we'll call it a Tepper High win. You know, like whatever the coaches say, we'll go with because they're the ones. They're they are reporters basically on the on right. The intrigue comes when they don't agree. Like in this issue instance, if when the coaches do not agree. We follow a decision chart like this. Did the game get to halftime? If the game did not get to halftime, automatic no contest. In our opinion, you got to play 24 minutes or in the six-man ranks, you got to play 20 minutes to get to a game. That's an official game. Much like in baseball, you got to play four and a half innings. Is that right? Got to get to the bottom of the fifth? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, got to get to the bottom of the fifth. Our our line of demarcation is halftime. You got to make halftime. If you make halftime and the teams do not agree, we go to the scoreboard. And we will simply report what the scoreboard said. That is why Quero is, are they 4-0 now? Is that right? Yes. Yes, they're 4-0, and Callan, I think, is 2-2. Two and two. And that's what we're going with. And we can certainly have a debate as to whether or not that's the way it should be, but that is 
the stance of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Yeah. And it's why Quero fans think that we're geniuses. And it's why Calon fans think that we're morons. Unfortunately, I would personally love for the UIL to come out and say, Hey, non-district games. If it gets to this point, it's mm-hmm. a final. If it doesn't get to this point, it's not a final. And that'll make it a lot easier for us. Mm-hmm. Because, because let me tell you what I have to do on Friday nights is call these coaches and try to find out. Did you agree? Is it a game? Is it not a game? If there was just a, Hey, if it gets to the end of the end of this point, if it gets to halftime, it gets, it could be, they could change it. Say, Hey, if it, if it doesn't get to the fourth quarter, the third quarter has got to end before it's an official game. Cool. That'd be great. It would make life a lot easier for me, mm-hmm. but because the UIL doesn't have a policy for non-district because they let the schools decide it's kind of a free for all. We don't like it, no. but we got to draw a line somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we've chosen that line at halftime. And it's not arbitrary. It seems to be generally when coaches disagree, it's halftime or later. Mm-hmm. If the game ends before halftime, it is 99.9% of the time a no contest. Yeah. We have, it's not, we just didn't choose halftime. Yeah. We've noticed over the course of doing this for years, because there's usually one or two weeks like this every year, that halftime is that marker where now coaches are kind of disputing it. So we say, okay, if the coaches don't agree, we got to draw a line somewhere. We drew the line at halftime. So it's just like with district tiebreakers. I wish the UIL would have a universal district tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. It would make my life in week 11 a hell of a life. Oh, my gosh, yes. But they leave it at the local control. In this case, the UIL leaves it up to the schools. So sorry, Corp. Cal Allen. If Cal Allen people wanted to say it's a no contest, that's fine. That like, doesn't hurt I, our feelings. It's like, no, just, just for us, for Dave Campbell's, and for the things that are under our, our umbrella, this is what yeah. we've decided. That, the, you don't have bullet. to like it. Yeah. You can disagree. That's fine. That's just what we do. That's what we do. So there you go. We do love you, Cal Allen. We put Phil Danaher yeah. on the gatefold cover of the magazine. We do love Cal Allen, but that's just that's that's the way it's got to be. It's, and, we, and it's not. Like, we don't. It's we, we apply that equally yes. every across the state. That is what we apply. And you know what? If it was twenty two, if it was twenty two fourteen, Cal Allen at the end of that at the end of halftime they didn't come out or at halftime they didn't come back out. We call it a Cal Allen win. That's just the way it's yeah. the, we got to be. Oh, we have to have a, agree. Yeah, we have to have a standard. We have to do things in in a certain way. There's a variety of these kind of rules that we have that we that we make that way. So there you go. There's uh there's the highlights from week four of the Texas high school football season. It's now time for our week five game draft and it is brought to you by our friends at Community Coffee. Community Coffee supports and celebrates the thriving communities at the heart of Texas high school football. Community Coffee, strong as our roots. This is your first episode of Tep and Step. Welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games that we are most interested in in week five of the Texas high school football season. All 665 games are eligible. So if Step wants to take a private school six-man game with his first pick, he can. Uh, But we are going to go back and forth games we're most interested in. Once it's picked, it's off the board. We'll go five rounds, and then we'll round it all out with our hipster game of the week. Had a coin flip for the show. Matt Step won the coin flip, which means he gets to pick 1-1 in a... A week of games that is good, not great. Is that fair? I think you're muted. I was muted. Sorry. I was drinking some water and didn't want to come over here. It's a really good small school week. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of real kind of under the radar good small school matches. So yes. uh, it is a good week. It's, it's a good week from the small school. Big school, your mm-hmm. mileage may vary. But small yeah. school is pretty good week. Okay, so where are you going? 
Uh, this is tough because there are a lot of good small school games. Um, let's go to let's actually go to talk about a team we just talked about. Let's go down to Beeville and Veterans Memorial. <laughs> one one. Yes, this is on my board, but I didn't have it one one. Where, where we have the four and O Quero Gobblers visiting the four and O Beeville Jones Trojans, and you're like, Beeville's four and O. Yes, sir. They are. Chris Sosa has the Trojans at four and zero after knocking off state ranked Somerset last week um, in a in a really good hard fought game twenty four twenty one. The concern for Beeville going into this game is it really the, the offense really after the first couple of drives didn't do much the rest of the game. They raced out to a they scored in the first two drives, go up fourteen nothing, and then it's kind of. They really got it done with their defense. Their they the fumble return for they had a seventy eight yard fumble return for a touchdown that was kind of the the, the backbreaker. Somerset made a late rally, but, but just couldn't come up with enough. Uh, so that's the one concern. However, the defense that's a, that's an explosive Somerset offense that that Beeville uh, held to twenty one points, but it, it it was a real slugfest. So looking at that, and then you got Quero, and again they only they only played a half last week. Cal Allen's much improved. I mean, we, we kind of wrote mm-hmm. Cal Allen off after that week one loss to uh, Gregory Portland 25-7. Cal Allen's made some big strides the past couple of weeks. And they, I, think I think they've reestablished I, themselves kind of behind Bernie as one of the teams in uh, that next list of contenders in Region 4. I think their offense has woken up. And I think that, you yes. know, I'd love to talk with that staff down there. But I my guess is that they've just gotten back to basics of Cal Allen football, well, which is like, we're just going to kick your rear end in the trenches. I think they also made a personnel change at quarterback, and I think Ooh. that's kind of helped them out a little mm-hmm. bit as well. Um, so, but but you know they played Quero last week, and Quero, you know, for a half they, they go toe to toe with him. Quero leads twenty two to fourteen when the game when the game uh, was called, and we ruled it a Quero win. Uh, Quero, you know, Mason Nataro, Dalen Gibbs, big time playmakers for the Gobblers. Well, one thing Quero always has, especially in South, considering their their, their competition down in South Texas. Is a ton of team speed. Mm-hmm. Quero's skill position playmakers are really dynamic, and that they can get up and down the field, and they can play skill position wise with, with most teams from from further north in the state, which is tends to be a bugaboo for teams in South Texas. That's why Quero's been so good for so long. I think Quero's skill talent's going to be a little bit too much for Beville. Beville's got to muck this game up. They got to get it grimy, keep it low scoring, be very physical with Quero. And try to pull one out late, you know, kind of pull a little magic out late. They don't want to get in a track meet with Quero. You get you, if Beville gets in a track meet with Quero, they're getting beat bad. Mm-hmm. I think Beville's got to slow the game down, muck it up, be very physical, maybe hope for a couple of breaks here and there to pull the upset. But this is a really intriguing measuring stick for mm-hmm. Beville because I think if Beville plays Quero close and gives them a good run, I think you look at Beville as okay, four A Division One Region Four. Let's take a look at Beeville, kind of see where they stack up with the rest of the competition in, in Region 4 behind Bernie. Because right now, I think Beeville's probably in that, that third tier. You know, Bernie's at this at the top tier, and you kind of got Cal Allen, Davenport, teams like mm-hmm. that in the second tier. And you got Beeville on um, Tier 3 with others. Beeville plays Coro close. I think you can elevate Beeville into that Tier 2 type, type team. That's a, that's a bold pick for 1-1. I, I appreciate you going off the board. It's 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 that kind of week. Yeah, there's there's some there's some 
good games, but all, uh, kind of some int- interesting off the board games. I can't believe I'm getting this for the second pick, though. Good pick, good pick. But uh, Matt Step, let's go 7:30 p.m. Friday night at Flores Stadium okay. in Edinburgh uh, for South the. Texas week. For the biggest game in Edinburgh in ever? Yeah, I don't know if Edinburgh's ever hosted like a big playoff game, like a third round or fourth round game back when Edinburgh High was rolling under Richard Flores. Buddy. Or Robert Vela. By the way, Edinburgh Vela had to be good at football. The school's named for a football coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they were bad at football, that that would be rough. Uh, Edinburgh people, let us know if there's ever been a bigger game than the one coming to town on Friday night as the unbeaten PSJA North Raiders visit the unbeaten Edinburgh Vela Sabercats in a in in kind of lost in everything, a District 15 5A Division One game mm-hmm. uh, and an important one. A game um, that I went to last year. I was at this game last year. This is the game of the year in the, in the Rio Grande Valley until we get to the playoffs. But uh, as far as the regular season concerned, this is the the game of the year. Uh, You may remember last year, both these teams came in with a lot of hype. PSJA North really leaned on Vela like late and just like kind of put him in the sharpshooter and 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 kind of pulled away from him. Um, These are the two top top two contenders in the valley to make it to a state semifinal or beyond. Uh, I don't think there's really any doubt about that. Uh, Vela's four zero. Hasn't always been easy. They kind of survived against McAllen Memorial, but there's no doubting the weapons. And dude, Jamal Polly, this running back for Vela, it, this kid is serious. This dude is putting up crazy numbers, and he is a he is a a weapon, a, a certified weapon in this game. And they've also got Jackson Shoop on the outside. Um, this team has weaponry everywhere. Like if you're looking for the explosive team, Edinburgh Vela is the explosive team. So I like this Edinburgh Vela team. Yes. I want to put a hard divide here. Matt Step, I'm wondering if this PSJA North team is a different freaking animal. I'm wondering the same thing too. Because they're they're, they their defense has been relentless last week was it McAllen last week or McAllen yeah McAllen high a good McAllen high team that was by the way a third round playoff team last year and they suplexed them all over the field and clobbered them 56 to nothing 56 nothing and here's the thing because (laughs) suddenly it was a Thursday night game I want to (laughs) say suddenly my Twitter starts blowing up of highlights of Alejandro Aparicio, the quarterback, Mia Moore. Uh, And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was under the impression that he had suffered a pretty serious injury. Like what I had heard heard is that he had broken his sternum. And that is a, uh, that's a season ender folks. And so you'll have to imagine my surprise when week four, he's rolling out there and running for two touchdowns and throwing a touchdown pass and catching a touchdown pass and looking like Alejandro Aparicio. Because let me tell you, guys, if they're going to play like that, book your tickets to San Antonio. Like, 
I'm serious. This team is different with them. And and so uh, and and furthermore that that just belies the fact of Edinburgh North's real I'm sorry, PSJ North's real strength which is in the trenches. They're just massive. They're so good. They're they're huge, they're physical, they're they're experienced and they're offensively they're versatile. They've got got plug and play pieces all over the field. I almost wonder if losing Ali, Ali Aparicio for about four weeks early in the year has made them better because they've just made themselves more versatile and dynamic with these plug-and-play pieces where the tight end quarterback, the quarterback goes to receiver. They've got like four different running backs they rotate in. It's a, it's a unique and dynamic team. And I'll tell you this. I had a coach, a head coach in the Valley, who saw my tweet I think I tweeted out Sunday or Sunday night, big week in the Valley. Mm-hmm. It's Edinburgh, Vela, PSJ, North. A head coach in the Valley messaged me and said, PSJ, North by 30. Let me tell you something. This that, is that's shocking to me. Yes. If they do that, if they, that's Edinburgh, Vela is a good, really team. good, really good, like top 20 yeah. team. And if they do that, I think. Let's talk. Yeah, I mean, I think the the conversation. It's going to be hard to shift the conversation to can PSJ North play for a state championship, that kind of thing, because it just hasn't happened in so long. Yes, but I I think the conversation of PSJ North winning Region Four already there, but it it heats up even more if they do this to Vela because they haven't done it. But I think that talk just ramps up full steam ahead. Vela's got the weaponry to challenge them. It all comes down to whether or not they just get smashed up front. Because if they get smashed up front, the game's over before before the opening kick. So and that was the the difference in the game last year. And that was the difference. I was at that game last year, and and PSJ North just wore Vela down. Vela hung in. They just wore him down the second half. They just leaned on him. Mm -hmm. So fascinating game. game, Fascinating game that will tell us a lot about the shape of region four and the, and, and Rio Grande Valley football writ large. So I like PSJ North and Edinburgh Vela. Get on up with dark and bold from community coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. What is your second pick, Matthew? Uh, let's go Friday night in Austin at Lake Travis. It's the mm-hmm. Battle of the Lakes, as a, both of them are unbeaten. As we have three and zero Austin Westlake taking on four and zero Lake Travis, and I, I said this in our Slack. This game has no buzz around it right now. Weird. It's it's a weird vibe with this game because we all know both teams are good. Really good, but I think because six A Division One has become so dominated by Duncanville and North Shore mm-hmm. that it's almost like fait accompli in Austin. That well, whoever wins Region Four is just going to get fed in North Shore, and it's not even going to be really much of a game. Which is weird to say for a team like Westlake, especially because they've beaten North Shore in recent history. Uh, they lost to him last year, but they, they've they've. Got a great pedigree. It's just odd. There's not maybe it's because the Longhorns are so good this year that yeah, no one's talking high school football in Austin. But no one. I asked Mike Craven 
who lives in Austin, hey, what's the buzz around Lake Travis and Westlake? He goes, there's none. It's odd. weird. And mm-hmm. I think it's weird because this is a really still going to be a really good, good game between two top 10 teams. And, you know, Westlake, uh, they're out last outing a couple weeks ago. They, they, both teams' last game is against Austin Aikens, which is weird. But uh, Westlake two weeks ago played Aikens, beat them. Poor beat Aikens. bad, 64 to nothing. Yeah, back-to-back weeks getting Westlake to Travis. But Jack Kaiser, love Jack Kaiser, the Westlake mm-hmm. running back. He's not the biggest guy in the world, man, but he's productive. Um, their other running back, um, Acosta, I believe is his name, had a couple of t- – uh, had two touchdown runs. Paxton Land looks solid throwing the football. Uh, West, Westlake's defensive line is mm-hmm. big. They're athletic. They move around real well. All the hallmarks of a classic Westlake team. I think what this Westlake team's missing is a couple of game breakers on the outside. They don't have Jaden Greyhouse is not. They don't have a Jaden Greyhouse type mm-hmm. guy on the offensive side of the ball, and they don't have a Colton Bossett guy on the defense. They don't have those game breakers. You know, they don't have you know those kind of playmakers right now. They're just solid across the board. And then you got Lake Travis, who offensively. But okay, I guess you know they. The last time we saw them, they were good. They beat Aikens last week, thirty-seven to nothing. And I actually thought this game got called at halftime because like, Travis was up thirty-seven nothing at halftime. They just didn't score in the second half, and I'm sure there was a running clock and it was raining, mm-hmm. and they were just trying to get the heck out of there. But it was odd that that they didn't score anymore, even their backups. But you know, Caden Leon, the quarterback for Lake Travis, has been good. I, I think Lake Travis is. Passing game has, leaves a lot to be desired, which is so weird to say because Lake Travis has been like quarterback you for so long. And they've always had dynamic pass catchers. I mean, we just saw what Garrett Wilson did to the Cowboys you know, on that one touchdown. He, you know, they've had these guys for so long. It's odd to see a Lake Travis team that kind of relies on the defense and the running game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just an odd dynamic with this game. Um, Westlake's had Lake Travis's number recently. But I will say last year when Lake Travis was really down and and, and kind of not really talked about by very many people, they gave Westlake all they wanted. It was a close – that was, a, to me, a better Westlake team than what Westlake's bringing to the table this this week. So I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm not picking against Westlake in this one. They've got mm-hmm. Lake Travis's number, but it's it's at Cavalier Stadium. So I, I think it's going to be – this is a pick-and-ball game, but I'm going to lean to Westlake. I, I just think it's one of those rivalry games that could go either way. I agree with you entirely, and I think that the reason that there's no buzz and the reason this game feels weird is that, like, and this is with all due respect to guys like Jack Kaiser, who I, I agree is a star, but there's not star power in this game. Like, there's not, like, there's not, I, l- let me rephrase. There's not star power in the places that we traditionally expect star power in this game. The quarterbacks are both good, but, like, I don't think, it's not Baker Mayfield, it's not Garrett Gilbert, it's not Sam Ellinger, it's not Cade Club. Cade Club, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not those guys. Um, and these are two teams that are, I think the other thing is that these are two teams that are just, they're defensive-minded. Like, these are two defensive teams. They're not lighting it up. Neither one of them. Like, Westlake's not lighting it up, you know? Yeah, these aren't, these aren't the flashy. No. This isn't a Todd Dodge vintage Westlake offense. This is not a, yeah, it's, it's. Maybe, and maybe that's why there's not the buzz because the people in Austin, especially around these two programs, are so used to those high flying offenses and and putting up 50, 60 points a week that it's just not it's just odd seeing it. But it's just strange that that a game. I mean, both these teams are ranked in the top ten. The top ten game, it's eight versus it's, like four. Yeah, and there's just not much buzz in the city about that's it. Strange. You know, maybe there's just better. Maybe you know, maybe it's just people are too cool in Austin. I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, it shouldn't be too cool for the Battle of the Lakes. It's a good game. It'll be fun on Friday night, Cavalier Shame. Oh, yeah. All, I, think you should ask Craig. I, I think you should ask Craig about that tomorrow. I'm like, going to. Just, it, just, it just doesn't seem like there's the buzz. Hey, and by the way, you can watch it live on Dave Campbell's Texan Live. So lock in. There you go. I um, probably will. My second game, Matthew, my second pick. Let's go to the place affectionately known by the locals as the reservation. Seven o'clock Friday night at Indian Stadium in Port Natchez as the District 95A Division II opener between the Fort Bend Marshall Buffaloes and the Port Natchez Groves Indians. Um, You may remember how this series went last year, and it was a series. They met twice in district play. Fort Bend Marshall beat Port Natchez Groves. And if I remember correctly, they beat them rather soundly. Like they beat them like not it wasn't like a blowout, but like it was like comfortable. I mean, I'm researching that right now as as I speak. So that's what made it all the more shocking when in the playoffs. Let me know. 35-14. Oh, touchdowns. Comfortable. Comfy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Put your feet up. This. Have a drink. So in the playoffs, PNG gives them a receipt. And comes away with a shocking win to uh, in route to a state championship berth. 29-21. And it really it but the other thing, that game, I think Portman Marshall scored like less than a minute left. P and G oh pretty they had a game under control from you know from start to finish. So so here is the third meeting in 12 months. Um now this this Marshall defense is as advertised. They are Really good. Yeah, that's the thing about Fort Bend Marshalls is is their defense has really been the the key catalyst oh. for this team. Fort Bend Marshalls been known, you know, they're obviously a track powerhouse. They're big plays, high flying offense. Devonta Chan, uh, guys like that. You know, Malik Hornsby mm-hmm. uh, getting things done with with these huge plays. And it's Fort Bend Marshalls still good on offense and they're still really fast. But it's the defense that's really the calling card, at least through the first yeah. three weeks of the season. Corn Randalls and Joshua Lair, they've given up 28 points in three games. They've been excellent. Uh, the offense is, is, is really coming alive. Quarterback Caleb Bryant, I think, is growing into the role. So here's PNG. And PNG, like for Ben Marshall, they've had like a dominant start to the year. PNG has had uh, not that. Um, remember what happened in week one? They got they got beat by Port Arthur Memorial and kind of got like smothered. 24-7? Yeah, just Is like... Larry Hill hanging out in Port Arthur that week or just, something, you know? Just put a pillow over him and put him to sleep. Um, Port Arthur Memorial just bashed him. And then they played West Orange Stark, a, a 4A team, a good 4A team, but they escaped in overtime against mm-hmm. them. Not a vintage. This is a, no, this is a it's state championship good. contender. Yeah, they're good. Good, but they're not they're not elite um, in, that, in that regard. And they're 4A. Now, they've got a dude. Isaiah Nguyen is that dude. They're running back. He's he's that dude. And their offensive line is still very good. The defense has mostly done its part. Uh, this is the Isaiah Nguyen show. He's the real star. My big question in this game is the status of Shea Adams. Shea Adams, their quarterback, calling him a quarterback is a disservice. He's just their Swiss Army Knife athlete. He's their playmaker. He's their playmaker. He's the, he's the guy they turn yeah. to when they need when they need a, they need the touchdown play. Uh, he their last game, which was they're both both these teams are coming off an, an open date. He left the game with an ankle injury. 
I believe, or I think it was either ankle or lower, lower leg, something like that. But he limped off. Uh, I, I don't want to go too crazy, but if he doesn't play, I don't know how PNG wins this game. Like, even at home, like, if he doesn't play, it's hard to fathom uh, a way where that offense gets through Fort Ben Marshall when when it's just going to be feeding Isaiah in a win. Yeah, I, I, the one thing I can say about PNG that gives me some hope if you're a PNG fan is giving Jeff Joseph two weeks to prepare yes. defensively is a huge advantage because that guy mm-hmm. is a defensive wizard. I think he's going to have some things cooked up for Fort Ben Marshall's offense. I think this is going to be kind of a low-scoring slugfest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might be the first one to 21 wins this game. I can see that. Um, I can absolutely see that. Uh, the other thing, and do not underestimate this, Indian Stadium is a legit home field advantage for PSU. Yes. Home field advantage gets overrated a lot of times in high school football. There are a few places that are the exceptions to that. PNG is one of them. That, that is a home field advantage. That is a uh, home field worth, advantage. Probably worth, to me, in my opinion, worth a touchdown. So that's something to keep an eye on. I like Fort Ben Marshall. I think, I think that I trust... I think they've been more consistent over the course of the year, but I do think that the upside of PNG is certainly capable of winning this game, especially if Shea Adams plays. Agree. So, what is your third pick, Matthew? Let me go with another off the board pick, Pepper. It's off the board week. Got some games that are, that are flying under the radar. No one, no one would think of as as elite games. But let's go seven thirty Friday night to New Home, Texas, this up in the Lubbock area. Yeah. As a battle of unbeatens, as 3-0 Roscoe, the Roscoe Plowboys, head to the Lubbock area to take on take on 4-0 New Home in uh, a big 2A Division II matchup and a, a measuring stick for Roscoe. This is, this is judgment week for Roscoe. We're going to find out if the Plowboys are an actual mm-hmm. legitimate contender and possibly a team that could challenge Albany in, 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 that, in, in that kind of thing in, in the big country, or are they just a good team that's going to be kind of cannon fodder? Because let me tell you, New Home is the real deal. This is a team that yes. was, surprised everyone a year ago, went to the state semifinals. They brought a ton back. John Ward's got that program humming. They're growing fast. They're going to be Division One next year. They've, they've got good numbers in the program, and – they're 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 a team to, to watch. And they're getting it done without their best player, in my opinion, linebacker Logan Addison, the uh, Texas Tech baseball commit who's who's been out with an injury. Didn't matter last week. They 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 roll past. They played Floyd Data last week. The whirlwinds, another great mascot out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to back weeks, new home plays the whirlwinds and the plowboys. Is that not awesome? Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of this is apropos of nothing. You know who else is four now? Who's that? The Itasca Wampus Cats. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Beat Floyd Data last week, thirty-eight to seven. Just, just smothered him. That defense, without their best player, mm-hmm. uh, did a great job. Nevin Mejica uh, had a couple of touchdown runs, and again, the stellar, stellar performance from the defense. And I feel like New Home, after that slow start, is starting to round into that regional state contender that I thought they'd be in, in the preseason. Uh, for Roscoe, they, they've had a bye week already, so they're, they're only three and zero. Uh, they played last week, and they also had a battle of unbeatens, and they knocked off Sterling City 27-14 to 14 last week. Sterling City has made a nice jump from six-man back to 11-man football this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two years ago. This is their second year back in 11-man. They're playing good football. They were a, a solid team last year. 
Roscoe beats them 27 to 14. Uh, the Plowboys got it done with their running game. Uh, Seth Wilcox, uh, 143 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Ivan, Ivan McCann had 129 yards and a touchdown, and they get a 27 to 14 win. Excuse me. And at a, I think for Roscoe though, this this is probably I'd say New Home is the best team they've played by a, a large of margin. Three or, uh, it's mm-hmm. a pretty mm-hmm. a big step up in competition for Roscoe on the road. I don't think Roscoe is going to get a win here. I'd be stunned if they went to New Home and went one. But what if what you want to see if you're a Roscoe fan is, is is competitive football. Can they come into this game, be competitive, and then that makes them at that point I think a, a team to watch out for in two A division. This is this is their non district measuring stick, and we're going to see where Roscoe stacks up because so I think New Home in Region One, two A Division Two, uh, right now is the team to beat. And all, no offense to Wellington, I think New Home is is still right now the team to beat. It's an interesting pick, and it's I think it's 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 um, indicative of the kind of week it is. You're right; it's not like this is not a brand name week, so you do have to look a little bit. Uh, it's a hipster week. It's a it's, yeah. a it's a whole week of it's, hipster games. It is very hipstery. Like basically, like well, Lake Travis Westlake is probably like the brand name game. I mean. We may talk For about sure. DeSoto walks Hatchie if you want, but like that's a, but other than that, like it's it really is as far as these games are concerned, um, it is a little bit hipstery. So that's a good pick, Matthew. I like that one. Speaking of a little bit hipstery, Matthew, boy, I've been living in the Houston area. Everyone says we hate Houston. I don't hear that. Matt Step, let's go Friday night. I presume, boy, I there there has to be a way to look this kind of stuff up. Um, we are going to go do, 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 do. You're listening to live coverage of me finding out where this game is because it is going to be do, do, do. It's going great. Seven o'clock Friday night at Montgomery ISD stadium. How about this kind of under the radar matchup of unbeatens in the Houston area as the, as the four and oh, Richmond Randall Lions take on uh, the yes. 4-0 Montgomery Lake Creek Lions in what has to be the youngest matchup of unbeatens in Texas high school football history, like at 4-0, like 4-0 teams at least. For sure, for sure. Yeah, Lake Creek has been around, is this year seven or eight for them probably? Mm-hmm. that long. Uh, Randall's in year two. And I think we expected Lake Creek, Lake Creek to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Randall would. I thought they'd be better. They'd be better. Yeah. I picked them to make the playoffs this year. Didn't expect them to be four zero at this point, and kind of a dominant four zero. They have been. Um, let's let's talk. Let's talk first about Randall because I do think they're the surprise here. Um, they have been crushing fools. They are. For, they they did not last week was the first time they allowed some points. They shut out their first three opponents. Now, it's Pasadena Memorial, Fort Bend Christian, and West Columbia. So your mileage will certainly vary on that. But, like, make no mistake, this team is – this team, I think – well, I guess we'll find out this week – may, in fact, be legit, Uh, and especially on that defensive side. Uh, Their defense has been great. They beat Brian last week, right? Yep. Brian was the 6A playoff team last year. They were. Absolutely. They are. They've got a a sophomore running back or a sophomore quarterback, Tyler Skrabanek, rolling out there. And their running back, Landon Callis Williams, is a freshman. This is a really, really young team. 
and especially offensively, and they have been getting it done. Now, the defense is a little bit more like uh, senior heavy. At least they've got some seniors and some juniors in there, but like Mm -hmm. they're real young offensively, but their defense has been their calling card through the first four weeks. That fr- I've heard about this freshman running back, and people are telling me, you know, the streets are talking down in Houston, and they're they're telling me this freshman running back for Randall is the, the real deal. But there's pretty good running back on the other side of this uh, game as well. So let's talk about uh, Montgomery Lake Creek. So Montgomery Lake Creek, you're right. Probably, I think it's not a surprise they're 4-0. Uh, but I will tell you, um, this offense is uh, frightening. Okay. There, yeah. <laughs> there is a there is an argument. I think there's a real argument that this is the most explosive offense in Texas. Um, between Eli Morcos, Tyvon Byers, their running back, who is dude, okay. Tyvon Byers has carried the ball 66 times and has 14 touchdowns. <laughs> Basically, every four times he's touching the ball, he's scoring. If my if my Everman math is correct. Sam Lee, Kev, uh, Cade Yeary, this team is loaded offensively and has been rolling past people. They, 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 I mean, and especially they have definitely played the tougher schedule. Uh, Angleton mm-hmm. in the opener is the best win anybody has uh, among these two. But this is, I think, the biggest test for both of these teams um, to start to, like so far. It's a it's a huge game in the district. I think that when you take a look at 10-5A Division Two, this is a massive game for as far as I mean, yeah, these are probably the two best teams in the district. Brenham may have something to say about it, but down the road, but like this is the two best teams in the district. And the real showcase showdown here is this Randall defense against this Lake Creek offense. That's the that's where the rubber meets the road here. This is one of the most like strength on strength matchups you'll find in Texas this week. The other side is where I think things get really interesting is can this young team for Randall find some footing against a more veteran Lake Creek defense? That'll be really important. Um I like Lake Creek. I think that they're I think that this is going to be the best offense that 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 Randall has seen, but like I don't know. It would also wouldn't surprise me if we got in a little shootout. Like if these two teams decided to just like drop the gloves and 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 get going. I think if it's a shootout, it's definitely going to lean Lake Creek's way. Yes. I don't think Randall wants to get into that no. kind of show, showdown with Lake Creek. Not right now. Not right now. No. Subtle. But this is a this is a real fun matchup in the Houston area. Real fun kind of off the board uh, well, matchup in the Houston area. I think we're going to see if Randall is a yes. borderline playoff team or a district title contender this week. Yes, I think this is this is a heat check on Randall because four and zero is impressive. Five and zero would be really impressive. So take them. I like Lake Creek and Randall. What's your fourth pick? I thought a double heat check game, Greg. You interested <laughs> in that? I love heat checks. Uh, let's go Friday night, Pennington Field in Bedford, <laughs> as the four and zero Crowley Eagles. Yep. Again, this is hipster week. I'm telling uh-huh. you, four and zero Crowley. Against 4-0 L.D. Bell. Just like we all predicted. In a a massive, yes, it's a massive game in three, it's a big week in 3-6-8 because Eulis Trinity plays North Crowley this week as well. All all Mm -hmm. the four, all the teams who won district openers are playing this week. Um, Crowley under first-year head coach Carlos Lynn has been a revelation. They have, and we knew they, they, they were really young last year and in fact found a way to sneak into the playoffs and they brought a lot of guys back. And they've got this new energy with Carlos Lynn and their new coaching staff that they brought in. 
it, it seems to be working. Uh, quarterback Caleb Williams, they have a quarterback named Caleb Williams, and he's really good as well. He had mm-hmm. five touchdown passes last week in the Eagles' uh, win over Weatherford. Weatherford hung around for a little while, for about a half. They hung around, and Crowley pulled away uh, in the second half for a 50-29 to win. Uh, so Crowley comes in 4-0. Their, their best win on their resume is their, their win uh, two weeks ago over Mansfield Summit. That was kind of their real coming-out party. Um, they're going to get their offense is going to get their biggest test of the year this week against LD Bell. The Bell Blue Raiders defense through four weeks has has been sensational, and, and it's been their calling card. Um, they, you know, they, you know, allowed seventeen points in their first three games total, and then last week they gave up fifteen, so they almost doubled their point. You know, still, so in four games they're allowing an average of eight points. But what what happened for Bell last week was finally they got their offense going. They beat Chisholm Trail seventy three to fifteen last week, yep. and Bell for the first three weeks had really kind of been st- stumbling on offense, and you know barely they, they won one game sixteen to nothing. I think they they just kind of had been winning ugly on offense. They they finally got their offense on track, and that was like a big like whoa. If Bell can find an offense, they're going to be a, a, a big big playoff contender. In District 36A. This game also has some major implications for a state power in this district mm-hmm. because North Crowley is a swing team in one division two. The only realistic way North Crowley goes division two here is if LD Bell and Trinity make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about Trinity getting one of the top four spots. This is not a vintage Trinity team and it hasn't been a vintage Trinity team. But Trinity, I think, is still good enough to get one of the top four spots. If Bell beats Crowley, now they're two and zero, and they've got a win in their back pocket against one of the teams they're competing for a playoff spot with. And Bell goes to five and zero heading into the bye week. And I think at that point, you start really looking at okay, North Crowley's probably going to go Division two at this point. So this is a huge game for for North Crowley just because of playoff implications. I lean to Crowley because they've been more consistent on both sides of the ball, but the Eagles are undersized. If Bell's big boys start to lean on Crowley, I think that could swing the swing the, the tide LD Bell's way. This is a really fascinating matchup because mm-hmm. these these are for both these teams. This is the best team they've played by a significant margin all year. So I think we're going to get a look at to see which team can kind of rise up and be a bona fide district title contender or which team is going to be kind of fall back into we're fighting for fourth place at this point. Really fascinating matchup that I never thought I would talk about this year, LD Bell and Crowley. Good pick. It's a good pick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a, a really odd week in that regard that you got these kind of, these kind of low key matchups of, of unbeatens that, uh, that have major implications moving forward. <laughs> um, Let's continue on that trend. Matt Stepp, my fourth pick. Seven o'clock Friday night. Travel with me, will you? To Death Smith County. Home of the Hereford White Faces. The Hereford yes. Herd. The four hostile, and the o- hostile herd. The hostile and they herd. Are host- they are hostile right now. Let Adam me Mayer tell has you, has got them guys hostile. It is the four and O Hereford hostile herd, and the four and O Plainview Bulldogs in a what? Huh? 
<laughs> and yet, I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I don't think either of these teams are accidentally here. Like, mm-hmm. let, let's start with Plain, Plainview because I got a lot to say about Herford. But let's start with Plainview. Let's put some respect on this on this on Jonathan Haddock's squad. This team, what was their record last year? Uh, bad. Two and eight. I mean, it it, it was it was bad. Like this is knowable. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Last year, they were three and seven. Okay. Year year before that, they were one and nine. Okay. okay. They have four wins. That's the most wins they've had in a season since 2017 when they went 24 and seven. They have done work out there at Plainview. And I think a lot of it comes down to their their defense has been pretty darn strong to start the year. Their defense has held them in games and the kind of while the offense has figured things out. But this team is... For real, I like this Plainview team is not accidental. They're winning with a, with a veteran defense, and that's exciting to see. And I think that Jonathan Haddock deserves a lot of credit for what he's for what he's done here. Uh, and and remember, you know, they had a playmaker last year, uh, Karomo Collins, I think is his name. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. gone, but in their place, they've got players like Ryder Walter at the safety spot. Quarterback Seth Mayberry has taken a really nice step after being their, a freshman quarterback last year. He's taken a really nice step. This team and their offensive line is very good as well. They're good in the trenches. This team is is for real. Here's Herford and Buddy. We need to talk about what happened last week because last week they went on the road to Tascosa and beat the rebels at Dick Biven stadium, at big Dick Biven stadium and right. stunning, stunning stuff. I mean, shocking, like a, one of the more, and, and I'm not here telling you this is a Tascosa team that is going to win a state championship. This is not one of those teams, but to go to Amarillo and to beat Tascosa like that, to run the ball like they did to get a really nice performance from a sophomore quarterback in Caleb Ramirez. I am interested now you got to come home and play a team that's got the same vibes you do and this is a vibe check for both these teams because i think both these teams there's a lot of talk about both these teams right now in the panhandle these are the two surprise teams up there a couple of like dal hearts in that mix too of like really surprising wow look at these teams look what they've been able to do now you got to come home and if you're herford you got to come home and prove that that ain't no fluke and you're not no one-hit wonder um, I am this, a lot of this falls on the Herford defense, which has, has been touched up at times, but it, it can, the Herford defense contain this plain view offense. I think a lot of it comes down to this, but one of these teams going to walk out of Friday night, five and oh, and feeling like they are a real contender. I think, especially when it comes to Herford, they uh-huh. win this game. Mm-hmm. I think we got to start talking about them being state ranked. Yeah, boy, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm oh, thinking if about you have, it. If you have a win over Pal- uh, Tascosa in your back pocket, along with beating a, a undefeated 5A Division II team all, all on top of that, it's a pretty good resume builder right there for if you're looking at state rankings. Um, by the way, like let's just say for the sake of argument, Hereford beats Plainview uh, in their non-district finale next week. Do you know where they're, they are? They're at West Plains. You want to talk about saucy. 
Yeah, that yeah. would be saucy. So anyway, fascinated by this game. I am in on Aaron Naren, Adam Naren rather, and those. And this and those, is this is those. another one of those games where it's like I think we know a little bit more about Hereford than we do Plainview. Uh-huh. It's a real vibe check for 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 these two teams. Kind of yeah. we got back to back again, unbeaten matchups this week. We got yeah. we got New Home and Roscoe. We got we got Land Passes and Wimberley. We haven't talked about Crowley, LD Bell. Yep. Hartford Plainview, it's a it's, it's a it's a fun week for nerds. It really is. For it, this this is you know, Clyde Sweetwater is this week. They're they're both four zero. Yeah, a lot of a lot of great unbeaten matchups. Uh, so that is uh, that's my fourth pick. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? Again, I'm going to go off the board here and just just to get weird with it and get you know really the the spirit of Tepid Step in this in this pick here. As we've got 7:30 Friday night at Mac Laxon Stadium in Pearsall, Texas. <laughs> okay, I this is real talk. When I was prepping for the show, I thought about this for the for the hipster pick, but then I saw you wrote about it in your preview. <laughs> I mean, it's a four and zero versus three and one. This is yeah. one of the best games in the San Antonio area this week, and I've got to take a minute to talk about the Lytle Pirates. What a story they've been early. In the year under first-year head coach Mike Trevino. Do you remember in week one, we talked about Lytle a little bit? I think you talked about him on TFT. Yeah. They beat Carrizo Springs three to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and we just thought, okay, you know, won't talk about Lytle again the rest of the year. Yeah. And I turn around and look, and Lytle upsets Natalia. And that's a good Natalia team. Three division two, a good team. that has been consistently in the playoffs. And that's a rivalry game too. Those are, that's yeah. a, there, there, there's a name for that rivalry too. I don't recall it, but like, those are teams that don't like each other. And I look up and the Lytle's 4-0. And so I call coach Mike Trevino Saturday while I'm in San Antonio at, at watching San Antonio Madison, San Antonio Roosevelt. And I, you know, congratulate him on the win. You know, say it's awesome. I say, hey, just, 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 you know, for grins. When's the last time you guys were four and zero? And he's nineteen fifty five. We fact checked it. Not quite that long, but still pretty long. Lytle, the last time they were four and zero, according to what we can tell in our records, nineteen seventy five. Wow. I'm old, Greg Tepper. Yeah. And that was before I was born. Wow. Yeah. Well before I was born. And the that if you're a Pirates fan, you got to be excited. You, you knock off Natalia. Your defense has been lights out all year long. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're not pretty. This is no. not a flashy team. No. And they're, they're effective. So let me tell you something. I did. I crunched some numbers, and this is a this is a little tep and step fun fact. This is the game that, if you combine the points per game and the points allowed per game for both teams, so it's four numbers combined, right? The lowest of any game this week. Yeah, it's crazy. These two teams, because Pearsall on the other side, they're coming in three and one. They won last week. Six to nothing. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, there was a lot of rain in South Texas last week. You know, Pearsall was, was playing Poteet. You know, maybe they got, you know, some of the, you know, most of the storms were in the Corpus area. Maybe they got the back end of the storm and it caused the game to get called early. No, they went four quarters. Pearsall scored less than Elijah Luna had a two yard touchdown run 
with less than a minute left in the first half, and that was the only score of the game. Pearsall wins six to nothing. So they, they cut. So so Lytle comes in. It's a it's a this is a game that that Lytle's not far from Pearsall, just a short trip south on I thirty five. A lot of these kids know each other. These two communities are very familiar with each other. I think it's going to be one of those full house rivalry games, big crowd. Um, it's going to be hard hitting physical. It's going to be a low shocker. It's going to be a low scoring game. Mm-hmm. Yes. If, if one of these teams, I'm serious. If one of these teams gets to 30, they should call the game. <laughs> I, I'm going to put the over under on total points in, in this game at 38.5. This is big Iowa, Iowa state energy. Yeah, yeah, but in a good way. Not yeah. not not a Iowa. This is high, a Texas high school football way. And yeah. two programs that have struggled for a long time are both. Lyle could be five and zero after this week. Mm-hmm. I think Pearsall wins. That they're, they're you know Pearsall's four A. They're a little bit bigger school. I think they've played a little bit better competition than Lyle has. They're a little more battle tested. I think Pearsall wins. I'm gonna call seventeen to fourteen. Yeah. Real 16, 14. Boy, a shootout. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna Pearsall wins. It's gonna be close, but I think Pearsall's got a little bit too much. But this is you know, how many times are we gonna talk about Pearsall Lytle on this yeah. show? So we got those two teams are having off to great starts. Let's give them a little shine. So Pearsall and Lytle, my fifth and final pick. My fifth and final pick, Matthew. I am going to go literally the complete opposite of what you're doing. It's 7.30 Friday night at the beautiful Mustang Bowl in Sweetwater. Uh, you're exactly right. Lytle and Pearsall is going to be a defensive-minded slugfest, just like every yard matters in that game. Matt Step, now for something completely different. The Clyde Bulldogs at 4-0 and the Sweetwater Mustangs at 4-0 in what is going to be a game that if it's not in the 50s, I will feel cheated. It's uh, the fireworks factory. This is the this is the Tep and Step fireworks factory game of the week. Um, <laughs> and because I crunched those numbers, Matthew, about those four numbers, points scored, points allowed. You take those four numbers, add them together. Uh, Lyle Pearsall, the, the smallest. Uh, Clyde Sweetwater, the largest. <laughs> okay. There you go. I mean, we're, we're covering the whole gamut here. Because these offenses can go. Clyde, their quarterback, Blake Carr, he's back. He's healthy. He has been unbelievable. Yeah. Not um, having him last year basically derailed Clyde's yes, entire season. Absolutely. You know, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Their offense has been unbelievable. They have been lighting teams up. They are averaging 49.7 points per game. Okay, forty nine point seven points per game. Sweetwater's offense is averaging fifty three points a game, and Jeez. last week against Big Spring was just like light the fuse and run away. Calden Ortiz, their quarterback, was unbelievable. Two running backs, Corda Moore and Uriah Martinez, were fantastic. I mean, they are humming. Here's the other thing. Both of these teams are uh, like kind of defense optional. <laughs> like Clyde's got the better statistical defense, giving up 27 points a game. Sweetwater's giving up a cool 31. Um, yeah, yeah. 
this game is going to get pointsy in a hurry. And so if you just want to sit back and watch some, just some wide open offense, like this is the game for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think I like, Oh, I don't know. I think I like Sweetwater at home. Uh, I think that offense is, is I mean, I just don't know who's going to slow. They have so many weapons. They have That's so the many weapons. Clyde's very quarterback reliant with Blake Carr. Sweetwater has a good quarterback, but they've got a lot of weapons. They spread the ball around, too. I, I just feel like Sweetwater's – you take one yeah. guy away, Sweetwater can still hurt you. So I take Clyde and Sweetwater. That wraps up our Week 5 draft. Step took Beville Jones, Cuero, Lake Travis, Westlake, New Home Roscoe, Crowley, LD Bell, and Lytle Pearsall. I took PSJ, North Edinburgh, Vela, Fort Ben Marshall, Port Natchez Groves, Montgomery Lake Creek, Richmond, Randall, Hereford and Plainview, and Clyde and Sweetwater. This is the hipsteriest episode of Tep and Step ever. ever. Is- I love it. It's great. It's great. And now we get to round it all out. With our hipster game of the week. Matt Stuff, what's your hipster game of the week? If you take mine, I'm going to be so mad. 4A Division One. Oh, crap. Go ahead. East, Tex- East Texas? No, we're good. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, my, so this is this is a hard week to find a hipster game because there's so many hipstery type games we talked about. Um, I almost went with Richardson Berkner, Richardson Lake Highlands, which is my Friday night game this week. Really interesting. On Texan Live, by the way. Um, but I didn't go with that. I went with a game in East Texas, 4A Division One district opener, between a pair of one and three teams. That is hipstery. Lindale is off to a one and three start, mm. but they have played a tough schedule, but they've lost three in a row. They're opening up district play against Henderson, who's also one and three. But I will say, I think Henderson is a much improved one and three. The, the Lions under under first year head coach uh, um, Clay Baker ha- has really they they've come around they 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 their three losses are to five A opponents they lost mm-hmm. to Hallsville by seven Marshall uh, by fifteen and they lose to White House last week by three so H- Henderson's close this is a game Lindale's trending down right now Henderson's starting to trend up. This is a game that's really going to be key for playoff positioning in 9-4 Division One. Because if you look at 9-4 Division One, I think we can all say Chapel Hill and Kilgore are probably going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No real questions asked. After that, it gets real murky because Lindale appears to be a little bit down this year. Athens and Henderson are much improved. And Palestine's kind of right there where they have been, kind of right there in the playoff mix. So any game, any any game involving these four teams really has some major playoff mm-hmm. implications. The loser, if if Lindale loses this game to Henderson, there's a real we we have to start talking about Lindale missing the playoffs. This yeah. is a, it, but it's it's possible. Henderson is good. They have improved a ton. Mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. going to lean to Lindale because they have that big game pedigree. But Henderson is is, is trending up. Watch this game in East Texas. I think it's one. Keep your eyes on when you're talking about playoff implications. Because if Henderson can win this game, Henderson Henderson starts talking about being back and like they're back as mm-hmm. a relevant team in East Texas again. So watch out for Lindale and Henderson Friday night. You said 4AD1, and my heart skipped a beat because I am also doing a 4AD1 game. But this is not a one and three versus a one and three. No Matt step. This is a battle of unbeatens. Another you one. Know, you know what? Enough South Oak Cliff. 
I'm done with South Oak Cliff. I'm not done with South Oak Cliff. I'm just saying this for effect. I'm done with South Oak Cliff. Let's talk about some real OGs in Dallas ISD. How about the four and O Pinkston Vikings taking West on Dallas. the four and O Wilmer Hutchins Eagles in a seven four A Division One opener? Uh, these maybe not opener actually. I think no, it is an opener. Um, it is it's just yeah, seventeen district. Yeah, this game's in this game's in the Hutch seven thirty on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilmer Hutchins is probably the less surprising of these two teams. They were a decent team last year. Uh, 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 Tamaje McMillan, their quarterback, has taken a really nice step forward. They've got a pair of running backs, Jacob Cummings and Jaheim Cummings, who are kind of grinding it out. Their defense has been pretty strong to start the year as well. There's just a lot to like about this about this. Uh, this uh, Wilmer Hutchins team. Um, Love and Hutch spe- secondary. Hutch Hutch has yes. a great secondary. Very good secondary. Very good secondary. Let's talk about Pinkston. This might be the first time we've ever uttered their name on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was. I want to say it was two years ago that they were winless. They were zero and ten, and like an ugly. In fact, I'm looking this up. Matt Step in 2021. Okay, less than like. Two years ago, less than two full seasons ago, they were outscored 349 to 54. Okay. I mean, down bad, but you give a ton of credit to Derek Lewis and this staff. They have turned things around. They're 4 0, and they're 4 0 in kind of a variety of different ways, right? Their offense has kind of lit things up. They've got Carlisle Childress, their quarterback, who's taken a nice step. They're good up front, and their defense makes some plays. Their defense flies around, and there's just, they've just got one of those, like, they've got a, or a, a, a Cam, a Cam Iyer, uh, Childress, I should say, is their quarterback. Yeah. Childress, Childress is a converted defensive end. He was playing defensive end last year. They kind of use him almost like in a Tim Tebow kind of role. 6'3", 210, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Let's they, they, get they use weird. Him. Yeah, they, they they almost they almost in the in the win over Seagaville almost went kind of single wing. Oh, like they just kind of oh, line hot. up with Childress and just and just say, "Hey, go go be a dude here, got my so guy." Hot. And he, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. This is a big test for Pinkston. Uh, probably their biggest test of the year. Although that win over Seagaville is a good win. Like yeah, no five, a playoff team. Yeah. No doubt about it. This is like for Pinkston. This is the heat check. It's like, all right, if you beat Wilmer Hutchins, like there's bigger fish to fry. Still got to beat Carter. Still got to play Panther Creek. Still got to beat Salina. This is a sneaky good district. There's a chance though. That's the thing with Carter, Panther Creek and Salina. There's a mm-hmm. chance that if you lose this game, even if you're four and zero, you are chasing. This this is a, in my opinion, a playoff elimination game. Yeah, and I think potentially a game straight up for fourth place. Yep, and, and the computers got it a pick them. Yeah, because the loser of this game is going to have to beat Carter, Salina, yep. or France or Panther Creek to get in, and that's yeah. tall, tall order. Yeah, no, I don't think, and and I had and, this. Okay. I had this game on my, on my hipster radar. It was one. It was on my radar as well. This the game is. Game. There's a lot going on in this one. It's it's fun to talk about, especially Pinkston, a team that like we haven't talked about forever. Um, if they get this win, this would be huge. This would be really huge for. Them. When's the last time they made the playoffs? What a good question. Um, 
Dallas Pinkston has not made the playoffs since 2009. Okay. So, a lot on the line here. Fun game at the Hutch on Friday night. What is your schedule looking like this week? So, because I'm traveling this week, I will not be at a Thursday game. I will still be in Florida. Do you even like high school football? I know, but I will be watching on Texan Live. Uh, I'll find a game Thursday night to watch online. Uh, and I'll fly back Friday morning. I got a, I got a, a flight Friday morning uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning, so I'll be back in time for a Friday night game. And I will be in Richardson Friday night for a big game in 8-6-A, or 7-6-A, as uh, Lake Highlands and Berkner meet up in a rivalry game. Both teams 2-0 and in district play. Winner gets to name the stadium. <laughs> Yes, it's Wildcat Ram Stadium. Winner, winner gets to name the stadium, apparently. So, uh, yeah, both are 2-0. and uh, Blake Hollins has that big win over Highland Park in their back pocket. Uh, Berkner's trying to establish themselves as a relevant contender in the district. It's a big game. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, to, and it's, all, it's on Texan Live as well. Lake Highlands, uh, it was, Lake Highlands is really interesting because like, they go and they get that shocking win over Highland Park. And then last week, they kind of, was it Jesuit? Is that right? Um, they played? Let's see, like Collins last week. Whoever they played. Live, it was like live coverage. It was a nip and tuck affair because I remember I was tracking it and it was like, oh, like, you know, are they like, did they like, did they? Yeah, Jesuit 2014. Yeah, they get caught like napping there. Like a, 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 a big let emotional down, letdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Bertner, I think, is, is this This is Bertner's big. Bertner's played McKinney. Uh, a couple weeks ago, this is Berkner's biggest test thus far in district play. But they are off to a two and zero start. Big win for Berkner last week over uh, Pierce uh, as well. So that's my Friday night game, and then Saturday I'll be in Houston, in the Houston area, uh, for a KDISD matchup as Katie Jordan takes on a, a very disappointing Katie Pato team on Saturday night. Uh, Jordan with a chance to really. Put a lock on on potentially getting into the, their first ever playoff appearance. While Pato, Pato's kind of playing for their season this week. Like they they don't have any really lifelines left. They got to get get going. They, they they've been one of the biggest disappointments in the Houston area this year. Dude, what? But nineteen six A is bizarro. Like that, and maybe I'm just overstating. But like Cinco oh. Ranch beating Tompkins last week. Tompkins is zero and two. Tompkins Dude. is 0-2 in district. Tompkins and Pato are 0-2. Two teams that we had the playoffs in the playoffs. Katie Taylor's 2-0 right now. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's like, upside down. Katie, Katie may, st- may still go Division One because if Katie Taylor gets in, it was send Katie Division One. So, still a lot. 19-6-A is crazy. Here's the other cool thing about Saturday night's game, Greg Tepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be on Texan Live, which is cool in and of itself, right? It's on Texan Live. Uh, Gavin Moritz is on the call, which... Good. That dude's a stud. A pro. And somehow, some way, myself and 24-7's Mike Roach have convinced Gavin to let us call the game together. We are going three wide, Greg Tepper. Three a three-man booth? We are oh. three-man boothing it. Oh, uh, me and Mike Roach on the on color with Gavin Moritz. You know, Gavin has be- no idea what he's signed up for. None. None. It's going oh, to be must-listen must listen. Oh my God. Live. Just, just put us on during college football. Just mute, mute yep. the TV and listen. Listen to chaos ensue with me and Roach on the call with Gavin. Who, poor Gavin, is going to try to keep that train on the tracks, and it's it's just not happening. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, what an episode coaching, of this. This was a coaching school idea, by the way. This, this is an <laughs> idea concocted at coaching school. We're all 
which you know, it's the marketplace of ideas. It is the marketplace of ideas, and yes, and Mike yes. Roach winning in the marketplace of ideas. Yes, um, yeah. This is some may say dominating the market. This has been, this has been quite an episode of tap and step after dark. Uh, we do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on tap and step. Mm-hmm.